the day. Welcome to sportsdesk.ie. It's Tuesday and as promised, a second dose of the third half this week. We are talking camogie and of course, only one person I want to talk camogie with, my partner in crime, Killian Whelan. Hi, Killian. <laughs> I love how you picked that up, but there you go. God, are people so lucky? Two third halves this week. Well, Joe, it was such a bumper day on Saturday. Like, there's so, so much was going on. It was hard to keep on top of it between the football in Crow Park and the Camogie in Simple Stadium. But a big day for both Camogie and ladies football. And now, thankfully, on the Camogie side of things, we're ploughing on towards all Ireland semi-finals. Yeah, and uh, a big, obviously a big weekend ahead in, in that regard uh, with uh, senior, intermediate and junior all to be sorted out next weekend. But I'm sure, you know, in Sports Stars Camogie this week, we'll, uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about those. But yeah, re- really down into the mix now and, um, you know, we got to see a great hurling final, uh, obviously, you know, over the weekend. So hopefully, you know, we get to see now the, the, the games in the next few weeks, um, you know, really uh, up the notch. And um, as you said, big it up then for the All-Ireland final day. Almost certainly as well. And of course, even as Killian mentioned there in Sports Stars Kamogi this week, we'll be back on Thursday with our usual show f- uh, previewing the Glen Demplex All-Ireland Senior Kamogi semi-finals. Cork against Waterford Crow Park 3.15 next Saturday and Galway against Kilkenny half five the same day. And we'll have another third half of Kamogi next week to look back at those games. But on today's show, we're looking back. That's what the third half is all about. We'll be looking back at the two quarterfinals that did take place in Simple Stadium. Waterford beating Limerick to reach a first All-Ireland semi-final since 1959. And Kilkenny putting the boot down the accelerator when they had to against a very positive Dublin effort that no doubt they are going places. But before all that, Killian will say the first part of this show, we'll be more chatting about bits and bobs featured around matches too. Won't be news as such. We'll deal with that on Thursday's show. And let's start with my favourite topic of the week. Everybody giving out about a lack of male pundits on RT's coverage on Saturday. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, I'm I, look. I'm just glad the women's game is getting coverage and TV coverage. I'm not going to worry about the the male pundits and whatever. Uh, that's just in some cases, I think it's people jumping on a bandwagon um, just to knock the whole thing because there's a woman or women on the male uh, game. So you know, I, I I think there's just some people use it then as a stick. Uh, to beat RT or whoever with uh, it's not something that I I'm really overly bothered uh, about. Um, but, you know, look, balance-wise, if you want to kind of go into that whole scenario, yeah, maybe it'd be great to see somebody. And I think there was an opportunity missed, possibly, uh, Darren, I, I, just this weekend. The fact that the games were in Turles, um, the fact that he was mentioned a lot and everyone talked about how much of a great character he was around the game and the passion everyone had brought. I think maybe, unless he was asked, though, I, I, but I think it was an opportunity maybe to get Bill Milani in there some way and, uh, you know, just to have heard his opinions on on those quarterfinals. Just think it could have been uh, something that could have been seized upon. But look, I'm, I'm not going to knock it down because uh, every one of the uh, women that were involved there at the weekend, we have a good working relationship with them all. Uh, you couldn't take any one of them uh, out of it. So, you know, like who are you talking about putting in there? Unless, as I said, you know, you saw someone like Bill there or Colin Murray or someone like that. Um, you know, I don't think they'll be coming knocking on your right door uh, for, for for that matter. But, um, you know, look, it, it, I just think there might have been an opportunity there, but I'm no, I'm not going to knock it in the case that there should be a, a male pundit. Um, that's my opinion anyway. I don't know how you feel about it. Well, personally, I just think a lot of people on social media just quit for the sake of quit, but anyway, and they need to get over themselves. Uh, Rumour has it that Paulie Murray is going to be making an appearance in RT's coverage next Saturday for the All-Ireland semi-finals. That bit of news I've heard since. But also, just for all those quippers at home, you want to get males talking about Kamoki every week here in Sports Stars, you get the two bad boys at Kamoki. <laughs> we are so popular at the moment, even the Kamoki Association get worried what we're going to talk about. But anyway... 
I think we're on a list somewhere down, uh, down, down in the depths of the bowels of Crow Park. I think we'll be looking for even there this year. <laughs> well, do you know what? We, we, we'll, we'll give it a lash anyway. And anyway, first things first, we'd like to have a bit of gesture as well in case any prominent members of the Camogie Association are listening and you all know that we call it right down the middle. But we will talk about anything that needs to be talked about and we quite simply don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I'm going to go mock my own county next now because it's a great crack in Galway because um, the Camogie Association have made a decision to move the um, Dendemplex All-Ireland Intermediate semi-finals to Sunday, 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock. They were originally the Times and venue, of course, UPMC, Nolan Park on Saturday. We flagged this a few weeks ago on the show, Killian, about um, the clashes and all the games beyond the 23rd. Mm-hmm. Now, Camogie Association request has gone in and I look... We even mentioned too, I know they don't want to be going up against the All-Ireland football final. And I do take myself personally, they should have been looking at trying to bring the games earlier, not clashing with it. But the outcry in Galway among GA supporters was unreal. Of course, little did they all know that I think Goi Kamogi were actually the county that made the request in the first place. <laughs> yeah, well, like they, they, they call, not call out for that on the on the stream. He, he as good as he did on the stream a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, he? he said he would be disappointed if uh, the intermediate and the senior games were to go ahead uh, up against one another and uh, you know sure like I don't know what other option there was then uh, Darren Alicia went Friday evening or something like that in a one-off game or something I, I could see it being a double header then um, I don't know what option but as you said you know it just it must have been interesting to see the comments coming in from all the Galway fans and then to realise that it was actually Galway that looked for the uh, the change again you know just something that to beat the Camogie Association over the head with but what are they supposed to do Darren like yeah. uh, at the end of the day I know they picked the Saturday. It's just the scenario that it is obviously the strength of Galway and Cork Camogie that they're able to have their intermediates and seniors in uh, respective semi-finals. Um, you know, I don't know what option that they would have had. And then you throw the Galway footballers into it then as well. What can the Camogie Association do for for that matter? Uh, yeah, look, maybe an opportunity again that they could have gone with the games at one and three or whatever, 12 and two or something like that. I don't know. Um, just as you said, to avoid a direct clash with the with the football matches at half three. I suppose they've gone with two o'clock for Galway, at least at the, the, you know, the game. Well, they're hoping anyway, the game will be done before uh, the throw-in for the game, uh, for, for the football. But um, I, I, I don't know what other option the Camogie Association would have had there. Yeah, look, we have to point out here as well now that when we said this numerous times, like, you know, I mean, did everybody get a free pass this year with um, fixturing because we're coming off the back of, of uh, COVID-19. Let's give the Camogie Association their due. Jeez, we're really sucking up to them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Let's give them their due, which call it that. They went off two All-Ireland Club Championships before getting the season up and going. Yeah, in hindsight, you know, everybody can look at calendars and say they should have given themselves more manoeuvring room and no doubt people will look at that next year. And of course, again, as you often say, Killian, it comes out to dialogue between the LGFA, the GEA, the Kamogi Association, but another point as well is that all uh, there should be no matches going on clash with any of the All Ireland Senior Finals in Crow Park, whether that's men or women, big ball or small ball. Look, it is what it is, and at the end of the day, while all these people were given out in Galway, they're forgetting the small matter that like Galway senior and intermediates were clashing as well, which I can start another conversation too. I think the Camogie Association, their hands were tied. I think they made the right decision. I do wonder, did they ask the question about playing the games a couple of hours earlier in Nolan Park? From what I, one of my sources tell me, the option wasn't there. I find that very, very surprising. But look, at the end of the day, Camogie are involved in running Camogie. No doubt they'll try and avoid that happening again. But the games are on Sunday now. At least the Goey game is not clashing and all going well. Go and look meet as well. All going well. That game will be done and dusted. Whoever wins it and the Goey fans can enjoy the Iron Senior Football Final between Goey and Kerry. 
yeah, yeah, that's that's all you could do. Then, uh, Darren, as I said, I think just maybe this year and the feeling things out and everything, uh, you'd hope it wouldn't happen. But I, I'm firmly behind you there in that, in that, and I always believe it shouldn't happen. And I don't think there should be any club action actually on whenever there's uh, an All Ireland final. I just think that they're, they're the blue ribbon events of the of the year. I know they're the inter county games, and fair enough, there might be counties there. And say, well, we're not involved, so we're going to go ahead with our club matches or championship or whatever on the day. I just think you know ours four or five hours around the All-Ireland Finals. Play your matches at 12 o'clock in the morning or play them at six o'clock in the evening then when the match is over. I just think, you know, going up against uh, an All-Ireland Final shouldn't happen. Um, you know, I just think, it, and, and that's just talking about club and, and, and county scenario. Um, I'm not sure the Camogie Association could do anything about this weekend, Darren, the way it was because no, you know, Galway, you. Galway were the ones who requested it. So what could they do? Yeah, look, I agree with you completely there as well, Killian. And I like say it's all down to planning for next year as well. And that's that's really like next year we're going to be calling these people out if they're if they're doing these things. But um, it's about learning this year, the first year of the split season, skipping their due, and it is what it is. Uh, I have asked a question here as well. I'd be very very curious. Should either Galway Camogie team make the All Ireland Finals in Grow Park? Will Galway GA fix their football matches on at the same time? And that's a question we might find out in a couple of weeks' time. We certainly know what happened last year. Speaking of intermediate, the taboo subject nobody wants us to talk about. Westmead, their um, appeal um, apparently was thrown out and we're all full steam ahead now for these intermediate semi-finals to take place next week. Yeah, and uh, I haven't heard anything else uh, yet, Darren, but um, I don't know if other avenues are being explored uh, with regards to that. But uh, yeah, their appeal didn't even get to the uh, to, to, to the table as such um, um, on the on the, you know on some kind of ruling or whatever that uh, it, it didn't f- fulfil the criteria or whatever. So um, you know that to me is not great from a Westmead point of view. You know, you'd imagine. You, you, you. If you're putting in an appeal there, you have uh, all your 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 T's crossed and your I's dotted, and uh, you you know you get somebody in that maybe knows the rule, and the rule the running of everything, you know, in that regard. Um, they seem to feel that they, you know, they were hard done by. I don't know, Darren. Um, I just think there's a. Well, you see, officially, Killian, we're getting we're picking up information from sources, but officially, nobody and both. And my personally, it's not because they're not telling us, but both sides, I don't think, have handled this very, very well, both yeah. Moogie and Westmeath. So, like, we're only speculating. We all know what it is, but of course, we can't officially say it. Like, but it's an unregistered player, pretty much. Like, you know what I mean? And um, and and they got their points docked. How it was left so late leaves an awful lot of questions open as well. And also, was it wise to play those intermediate quarterfinals last week when this was still ongoing? Well, that's only something I suppose that the the Camogie Association at Min can answer there, Darren. Um, they felt they had to push on, or they were going to lose spots in Crow Park and everything like that. That's that's a big thing for them, you know, that they didn't want to be there on All Ireland final day without maybe the intermediate final being played. Um, so you know, that's what they seem to suggest anyway was going to be part of it and. Look, I can understand that to some extent, but yet the integrity of competition is another uh, scenario, Darren. And like, you know, I think if there's an appeal process in place, you're taking a big chance. Um, and I'm sure, you know, if, if Westmead's appeal, Darren, had won in some scenario, and like, don't forget, they could go further with this. We, we, we don't know whether, you know, the DRA is still an option, I would imagine. Um, you know, what does that do then? You know, and uh, like... What about other, other counties then? If, what if Westmead won their appeal? What about some of the other counties? Have they a right then to, to counter that? So um, I don't know, Darren. It, 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 if Westmead are looking to pursue this a bit further, it could still get a bit messy. But look, we're ploughing on, as they say. Relegation. We have two teams relegated. Offaly dropped down from a senior 
and Leash drop down from intermediate to junior. Yeah, not a, not a great uh, time for current uh, Camogie in the Midlands anyway, uh, with all, all three uh, counties there affected in some scenario. Um, awfully you've been living on the edge, Darren, we know for the last couple of years, if it, you know, it was going to be a case of uh, at some point it was, you would feel it was going to happen unless they could ride out the storm and, and uh, you know, they still have a young team there. Maybe, you know, I think I hinted last year, Darren, if I remember rightly, it might not do any harm for them to go down and regroup a little bit at intermediate. It's going to be tough to get back out, Darren, though. That's always going to be the scenario with the second county teams and everything like that it's 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 a big ask but maybe awfully just need to go down and regroup with some of those young players and give them a bit more experience and and uh, get all that act together again because they've had to deal with various different players leaving uh, the panel obviously Michaela Morkin was a huge loss uh, uh, this year but you know you can't deny she's had a huge career Amory Guinan obviously was a a, a a loss as well uh, within that defensive structure um, you know and they've lost one or two others also so you know like it was, go- it was going to be, I think, a, a bit of an ass there. And I just think Claire, you know, Claire with a bit of luck down could have been very much, could have been, uh, you know, about 20 minutes up the road in Turles uh, on Saturday rather than being in Moneygall. Um, you know, it's just the way that the, the, the whole championship went for them. And I just think that there was no way Claire were going to get caught there. I just think they, they, they were probably never mind one step ahead of Offaly. There were two steps ahead of Offaly and probably two steps ahead of one or two of the other teams in their group. But it's just the way that the results ultimately panned out for them. And, uh, you know, they made sure uh, handsomely in doing that. So, you know, they've relegated Offaly. And I, I'd be keeping an eye on that clear group for next year, Darren. They, they could be, you know, a side that uh, um, might be, you know, able to pull a Waterford or something like that next year or whatever. We'll wait and see. As regards the other game, what a cracker. You know, Alicia, that game, done and dusted it would seem um, you know got into a, an eight point lead and uh, looked like they were were cruising and then it just um, it all seemed to come off the rails for them you know Kildare got a bit of a run and forced extra time and um, uh, it seemed to be a cracker all the same 4.15 to 4.11 I think was uh, the final score if my memory serves me rightly and uh, like that's you know, great credit to Joe Quaid and that uh, that Kildare team that they were able to uh, to to stay up. Um, you know, they had secured one win, obviously in in, in the championship. Um, you know, again, a young team probably needs time to bed in. Relegation down to junior mightn't have done them much good, really, though, because there are a group of talented players there. It's not good for Leash either, though, Darren. You know, the relegation down to junior, it's going to be you know a bit of a road back, I think. But again, mightn't do too much harm in the sense that if they can knock heads together then get the whole administration scenario the relationship with players everything like that sorted out there get the the best 15 in the county on the field to play get them in the best facilities uh, that they can possibly have to train in and then you know I think I still think Leash have potential to make senior camogie but it's going to be a bit of a road back no, it's getting everything together and sometimes relegation can do that. Killing before we finish up the first part of the show, of course, one question I do to ask, these relegations have taken place, but Camogie, 12 teams in senior this year. Now, what happens if we get a Cork Galway intermediate final? Like, nobody can go up and, you know, is it wise for Camogie to allow their senior numbers to drop to 11? Should there be some facility in place to try and keep it at 12 in some capacity? Or what, What's your thoughts on it? Well, there would be merit, Darren, maybe in holding off and having the relegation matches until you kind of you see the scenario um, it play it plays out. You know, it, it is probably an anomaly in in the Camogie world because obviously they allow second teams in competitions. You know, um, it, it's something though I don't know what the rush was to get the relegation games played if you understand me with regard. You know, not knowing then, and as you rightly pointed out, you know, if Cork and Galway come through and 
there's a very high chance that they will. Um, we're in the scenario then again that here we were probably next year talking about having you know a, a real balanced structure now of knowing exactly how to play out the championship, uh, which are two groups of six or five matches guaranteed. Now it's going to be a bit lopsided again. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Darren. I, I. I just think there was there was no maybe real need to rush off the relegation matches. I know they're penciled in there, but you could still have a scenario where I don't know you put in a, 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 I don't know a part B to the rule or something like that. That in the in the in the circumstances of where a county second team or whatever and data maybe you promote the third team or whatever it might be that there's a playoff for for promotion or something that let's say for example Derry and me then are 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 um are beaten this weekend that they would play off to advance up into senior camogie something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Um, uh, that 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 should definitely I agree with you should be looked at. Yeah, it would be nice to keep the number of 12 one way or the other. I think for the development of Camogie in general, the argument could be made that if they're strong enough for senior, they wouldn't be in that position. But we'll have that conversation another day. That's the first part of the third half. We're going to go focus on matches. And after this break, we are going back to EPD Simple Stadium last Saturday. We're going to start with the game between Kilkenny and Dublin. And that's coming up in just a moment. I like listening to Sports Dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to the third half. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. For the rest of the show, we'll be looking back on last Sunday in FBD Simple Stadium as Kilkenny and Waterford qualified for the All-Ireland semi-finals. Killian, we're going to start first with the second game. Kilkenny against Dublin. Look, I think it's fair to say probably results-wise, it was a very underwhelming day in, in Turles last Saturday. You know, the two teams, they won comfortably enough. The games were pretty much decided at half-time. But for a while in this game, Dublin really put it up to Kilkenny. Yeah, and it's a, a case of poking the bear and then, you know, the bear eventually reacted. Um, you know, you'd have to feel, as Dara Cahor rightly put in the opening paragraph of his report, you know, their top flight pedigree shunned through. Uh, that was Kilkenny, um, you know, having gone from what, being four points down to lead by nine at half time, scoring 111 in 15 minutes, Darren, without reply. You know, that's like, that's real championship winning kind of uh uh, vibe about them. I was just uh, really impressed by Kilkenny's, um, you know, just their whole gutsy drive and everything about them. You know, there was no element that they were going to get caught here. Um, you know, Dublin got in for a nice goal, you know, well, well taken move. Um, you know, Neve Gannon really, you know, took off on that little bit of a run and, um, you know, between herself and Emma Flanagan, they had set up the space and like, you know, you were kind of going, oh, wow, okay, here, Dublin mean business. They're putting down a, a bit of a marker here. And as I said, they rattled the cage and, you know, just after that then, you know, Kilkenny, whereas, you know, as Dara alluded to in, in, in his review as well, you know, and, and, and the bits that I saw as I was bouncing in around through it, that, you know, Kilkenny didn't let's say for example go for the juggler straight away darren it was kind of just nice and measured the way that they came about it and you know denise gall she's phenomenal but i always seem to think with denise that you know she's she missed the opening free and then okay willie barrett and hawkeye had to help her out with the second one um it's really like she just tries to find her range and then once she gets up in the groove she's hard to stop and then they just seem to be going over from everywhere for her and uh you know she she definitely directed it but Darren, what really impressed me was despite the fact that they've lost 
you know, the likes of Colette Dormer, Davina Tobin from that defense, you know, they've lost Kellyanne Doyle, they've lost Aoife Doyle. Like, you know, you're talking about four mainstays of that team. Imagine Galway being out four of their main players, um, you know, and they just, the character, they, they're just the drive, the, straight away from Claire Field and all the way out, like Katie Powers probably, this is Katie Powers shown in the last couple of matches, Darren, form that we haven't probably seen since a good bit before her injury. And sure, that was like in the, in, in the COVID year you know so like this is really I think uh, a bounce from Katie that we're, we, we haven't seen since probably about 2018-2019 you know so like um, it's it's great to see you had Golden leading and Miriam Walsh wow Miriam Walsh is in some form uh, Darren it's hard to believe I think she doesn't get half the credit for the amount of work that she does and she's now you know up there one of the top scorers in the championship I think she's the top scorer top from score play. play you know like Miriam is, is, is already with a hand on an all-star here right I, I don't care. Um, like there's no there's no forward. Uh, I think hitting the lights the way she is at the at the moment. You know there's probably one or two that are uh, within touching distance. All right, but Miriam Walsh for me is the standout. She's just been phenomenal and took the goal expertly well as well, and then also you know uh, created the penalty. So um, you know if I'm if I'm Galway next week, <laughs> Miriam Walsh and Sarah Dervin, they roll up, roll up, pick the popcorn, and away you go. What a clash that could be. Well, that's exactly why we hope you do that against the half five by watching that battle take place. But as you mentioned, Miriam Walsh, she set the tone at the start. I think she won the first, uh, the second free, actually, definitely, as Kilkenny got a two point lead. But before we talk about Kilkenny, just looking at Dublin, that first 15 minutes, they went toe to toe them. The attitude was good. They responded well to scores. Ashley Maher nailed a couple of frees. Ashley O'Neill got a good point in response to a Miriam Walsh score as well. And you've, you've talked about Neve Gannon. One, four to three points. Like, I don't think anybody's expecting Dublin to beat Kilkenny, but at least it was great to see them go 15 minutes. But when I say that then, and there's, there's a feeling of 2020 with me, Killian, in regards to Kenny. Nobody's talking about them. They were unbeaten this year. They went toe-to-toe, and they could, you can argue probably should have beaten Galway in the group match. Um, they've missed all those players, especially in defence, that you've said. And here they are now hitting stride. Like that second quarter performance alone was just fantastic. Oh yeah, um, just the, the the way they just shut up in the gear. But Darren, again, I go back to the measured element of it. It, it wasn't a case that they went from zero to to sixty. They 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 went in 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 you know in in real controlled phase play and you know took it on but let, let's just go back quickly as you mentioned there to Dublin I, I you know great credit to them um you know and Adrian O'Sullivan obviously felt you know the time to you know maybe show what you're about and and, and show the, the country that you know Dublin are a, a group going places and I firmly think Darren the, <clears throat> you know if they keep the structures together and keep Adrian Important there keep Adrian and yeah, Jimmy Graham. Adrian uh, there uh, you know I think that group you know 2023 now haven't had the experiences that they've had this year you know, you'd be kind of thinking that they, there's an opportunity to drive on next year. Um, really impressed, you know, Ashing Mar can never doubt Ashing. You know, she's just so strong on the place ball scenario. Hannah Hegarty as well. She really had uh, some great glimpses as well. Just probably a little bit unfortunate. I think Kilkenny had their homework done on Ashing O'Neill and, you know, they just corralled her a little bit that the you know, Dublin weren't able to find her often enough, I think, to be able to get her involved in the play. Um, but, you know, still would be impressed with an awful lot that Dublin had to show. But you'd worry then just one sense, Darren, that once Kilkenny got to grips, nobody shut it down from a Dublin point of view. And I think that's got to be something experience has got to show them. They, they you know, they 
Kilkenny got in a groove there and it wasn't like Kilkenny banged in three or four goals and all of a sudden the game was decided. They hit 111, Darren. You know, like it, somebody somewhere on the Dublin team should have been able to take ownership a little bit. We need to do something here. Just stop the momentum, stop the rise that's coming here. And, you know, again, as I said, maybe there's just not enough senior campaigners there on the Dublin setup just yet that... You know, that could be something that could be learned for next year. Um, but once Kilkenny got in that groove, once the bear had been poked at all, Darren, they were going to, you know, just chip away. And um, as I said, once once Gall got into her run, um, Katie Power just seems to be reveling in that bit of space that she was finding out around the middle. And then Walsh inside just causing all sorts of hassle. Um, the cats just got in that groove and like, you know, to win 116 to 15 ahead of the break, that was the game done in Dusted Cheek, put the feet up and call home then, um, you know, that Kilkenny were on the way to the semi-finals. Yeah, one eleven scored in 12 minutes. They, of course, the penalty from Denise Gall, she finished the game with 1-10. The Dublin puck out just quite simply malfunctioned as well, but it was just Kilkenny showing their experience. Do you know what it was like? It was like watching one of those cyclists in the Tour de France, but instead of attacking, they just build up the pace and uh, 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 and move the, te- the tempo even more and knocking people off the back as well. Um, Kilkenny in a very, very good position. As you mentioned there, it was great seeing a tweet from Adrian O'Sullivan pretty much indicating he's going to be around next year because that's what Dublin need. They have gone from fighting relegation back to be in, in an All-Ireland quarterfinal and the toughest group I think we've ever had in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship as well and it's about moving it to the next level now that'll be the challenge for themselves as well and while the game itself was underwhelming because Kilkenny had it done by half time the signs if you're a Dublin Camogie supporter with the young talent that they have coming with the intermediates and I was impressed when I saw the intermediates against Derry the signs are good for Dublin 2023 to try and move up another level well, look, Darren, we have a scenario where we thought we had a top four. That seems to now have uh, drifted a little bit. There's probably a top two, maybe Kilkenny, maybe, you know, reconnecting there that it could be a top three. So I think there's an opportunity now from, again, four to 12. We've seen Limerick, you know, we're going to talk about in a minute. I still think there are shoots there that could be, again, 2023. You might see some. We've looked at Clare. Wexford are probably now just with Kevin Tatton leaving the scene. They've got to be sure about putting right personnel there as well. But again, I just think the gap between 4 to 12 has probably narrowed significantly. So who's going to emerge from the pack that might be able to, uh, you know, take on one of the top three again? So, you know, maybe Dublin will be the ones, you know, the structure is there. They seem to have, you know, good practices in place under Adrian O'Sullivan and, 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 and his crew. Um, maybe the back and from within the county, you know, making sure that the Camogie uh, admin within Dublin, uh, you know, support that and back that all the way. And uh, because, you know, we have seen Dublin challenge at underage, but I just see there, Darren, in, in recent times, you know, under 16 shipping a bit of a loss, you know, they're under 18s as well. There was a bit of clashing there going on with the uh, uh, ladies football uh, encounters as well. So, you know, just think Dublin got to make sure that they keep things in a, in a good structure. They have O'Sullivan. Yeah. And they have Jimmy Grenville as well. Two good camogie hurling men know, know what they're about. Um, I just think it's important now that Dublin show them a little bit of backing and, 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 and bring that through. Yeah, there's definitely a conversation worth having about the dual relationship in Dublin one of the weeks anyway, but uh, that's the way it was. Dublin's still top six team qualifying this year and based on the group they came out with, deservingly so. We'll be talking more about Kilkenny and Thursday show as they get ready for their All-Ireland semi-final with Galway. But that's it for the second part of the show. Kilkenny beating Dublin 224 to 111. They qualify for the All-Ireland semi-finals. When we come back after this break, we're going to the first game in Simple Stadium. It's for the first time since 1959. Waterford are in the All-Ireland senior semi-finals. I like listening sports says because I like to listen to 
Ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to the final part of the third half. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. And Killian, we are going back to the opening game on uh, Saturday. Waterford finally do it. They were expected to do it, but they left nothing to chance. They got the job done. And at the fifth time of asking, I think it was, they finally reached the All-Ireland semi-finals. Yeah, and, and I have to say, look, I'm delighted for uh, that Waterford team. You know, there's, a, there's an awful lot of good, credible individuals uh, within within that setup. And, um, you know, a fair play to uh, Derry Klein, sir. He seems to have really, um, you know, got the crew together as well uh, with regards to how organised they are. You know, D- Derek had said, even after, you know, and talking to me, um, you know, in a preview programme that we had done a, a number of weeks back, you know, that um, he felt that they were still only getting to know the team, you know, and, 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 and maybe things would start to fall into place. And by God, they have, you know, since that opening game when they lost to Dublin, they, you know, really have started to flex the muscle a little bit. And you're probably talking about Bet Carton probably playing her best camogie, I, I would say, in probably two or three years. Uh, Darren, Neve Rocket has come back from an injury, which obviously we, we didn't see her in the league, but, you know, maybe refreshed and everything and has uh, really hit the ground running um, you know Neve would have been I would imagine knocked a few years ago that there wasn't enough goals in her game you know that she she was well able to knock in why God she can't be stopped scoring goals in the last number of years you know and she got two and uh, two top quality encounters as well but the link up play I have to say um, really really impressed by Waterford but you know, Iona Heffernan starts right at the full back lane, works all the way out. Lorraine, Bray, Carton, Rocket, Abby Flynn. What a game from mm-hmm. Abby Flynn. Really got to see now, I think, as well. Um, uh, you know, I would have heard an awful lot about Abby Flynn three or four years ago as an underage player, and you would have seen glimpses. So probably, I have to say, we wouldn't have seen the, the best of Abby Flynn. But by God, we saw it in Turles, I thought, at the at the weekend there. She really drove at every opportunity that she had. And look, great credit to Waterford. Um you know, knocking on the door, we would have knocked them over the last couple of years, Darren, about some of their performances. Uh, probably last year was probably the more credible one, you know, and 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 uh, they caused a few ruptions, but just weren't able to get it done. But look, just glad for them that they did. And um, just a, a full team performance, you'd have to credit, Darren. You know, eight different scores on the board. That probably asks a few questions in Limerick, maybe, in the challenge that they got. But still... Um, a good team performance from Waterford. Yeah, and even focusing on Waterford there as well, when you take into account how they fell apart in the league semi-final against Wexford, they were beaten the opening day of the championship against Dublin. Many people in Waterford didn't think they were going to be in the shake-up for a quarter-final place, let alone being a semi-final, but their form since they beat Wexford in the championship has been superb. And of course, they got the job done against Tipperary. You mentioned there, um, Neve Rocket, um, Abby Flynn involved in the move too. Like, you don't even have to watch the match, get the clip, you can see the clip of the first Waterford goal. What a move down to the right Abby Flynn what a ball across Neve Rocket back of the net 1-2 to a point after just four minutes as well it was worth the admittance fee alone just to see that goal yeah yeah no credit and uh, Abby you know again it just goes to probably show Darren they're finding you know the diagonal play the the link up play the pass from Beck Carton for one of Neve Rocket's points wow you know like it it was just unbelievable out out of uh, another world really in in some ways you know like she Bet was really, you know, one one seven, I think it was, and had a number of different assists as well. Really, you know, was on was on good fire. And um, I got to mention Lorraine Bray here, Darren. Yeah. I I think Lorraine Bray is on for an all star too. I, I she's just been phenomenal. She has dragged Gall or uh, Waterford along there, kicking and screaming at various different stages. And um, she's just for such a slight girl, she is a phenomenal heart. She she's just 
Oh, I pick her every day of the week, Darren, um, in my team. Um, you imagine putting her into a Galway team, what it, w- what it would even do to Galway. Again, you know, just bring on another dimension. Um, she's just, re- you know, really leads by example. Um, good, good-hearted, good, passionate player, well-structured, and as I said, uh, is able to chip in with the scores as well. And that is the one thing I just wanted to jump in there and say it's leadership from Waterford, which was sorely lacking in recent years. Let's call it straight. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't criticising them for the sake of criticising them. They were being criticised because they deserved it. But Lorraine Bray, Neve Rocket, Beck Carton, as you mentioned, their leadership really stepping up, and they're not the only three as well. Other players have stepped up in every day, and Waterford are in this All-Ireland semi-final because they've stepped up to the plate and finally started delivering on the promise that we always knew they had. Yeah, well, look, I would have called it a couple of years ago, Darren, we would have felt that they were a team that could make the top four, you know, that they were a, a crew to come come through. The problem was, it's just that whether the nerves got them, whatever it was, maybe various different scenarios, they just, you know, heads weren't right anyway, at particular different times. But look, maybe it just all felt for them this year. You know, the gods are running with them and great for them to be back in Crow Park. Um, you know, obviously take on Cork and I don't think they'll fear Cork, you know, because they have um, run Cork close in the in the last number of years uh, in, in some encounters with them. them and, and, and obviously, yeah, you know, within, within the structures of the Munster Championship this year that they have. So, you know, back, you know, an opportunity there, Crow Park, Darren, wide open spaces, you know, you never just know, like, I I, I couldn't say, and I'll, I would probably talk about it a bit better on Thursday, but um, you know, for me at the moment, I give Waterford every chance, because if they if they show up with the pump that they're showing at the moment, um, you know, because you're, you could be looking at a Cork team that are a little bit unsure of things at the moment, they got a little bit of a knock to the, 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 the old nerve a little bit, that, you know, maybe Waterford could spot an opportunity to, you know, drive in the size sixes a little bit, Darren, and keep driving, you know, so um, look, re- really impressed by Waterford. The only thing, the only thing, Darren, that's going to come back to this now would be, did did they feel they had the job done and they took the eye off the ball in the second half? You know, that would Derek Lines be bothered by that? Well, he um, was in a post-match interview and yeah. it was actually, it was, it was hard to hear him say it because he wasn't settling on, oh, we're in the semi-final, we're great. No, he picked it straight away and like, when you take into account it was 2-12 to 1-4 after 24 minutes. Hmm. And they scored in total one four over the remaining forty minutes or so of the match. Yeah, and when you consider they were so on top, Darren, and then you have Limerick down to fourteen with Sophia Callan sent off before half time, and then eventually down to thirteen with Muir and Kramer got off. You know, like Waterford and I, I had to do a bit of travelling at the time that uh, that, uh, that, that Sophia Callan was sent off and into the start of the second half. So I was listening on radio and. Like the the what I was picking up on was that um, Waterford seemed to struggle with having the extra player that they didn't really know what to do, and again, I I, I don't know I don't know whether you practice for those kinds of things. Uh, I I would have known heard of teams that would have you know they've been down to fourteen players. What do we do? Uh, being uh, having an extra player, what do we do? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe the players just kind of went, ah, oh, this is going to be easy now. You know, and that malaise could set in a little bit. I'm not saying it did, Darren, but just looking at the outside, looking in, when you're 215 to 1-6 up at halftime, yeah. you're thinking, we have this game. You have this game, and now they're down to 14. We don't really have to push ourselves here. And like, you know, you've only got a goal and a point in the second half really to show for it, you know? So, um, yeah, I'd say, Derek, now that that's something. Training is uh, happening uh, Tuesday evening. I'd imagine, you know, Wednesday evening, whatever, you know, to resume after after the weekend. I imagine they're going back in uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, you know, he, that's something I, I'd say he's uh, ringing in the ear that we just, like, it, it, 
I, look, I'm not going to say that they, they're going to have a, a, a what, um, 21 points a nine a, a lead, a 12-point lead then at halftime um, against Cork or something Very like that next weekend. But like, you know, I still don't think if they have a lead that they could afford to sit back on it because you couldn't do that against Cork. No, but if they're going to join the top four on a more regular basis, they're going to have to develop that ruthless streak. We have to talk about Limerick. And look, I jumped on my seat when we were back at the league, got a great goal there. I think it was in 16 minutes to bring it back to 1-8 to 1-4 and I thought game was on again because beforehand, I wasn't happy with Limerick's endeavour. They weren't up at the pace of the game. Um, they were allowing Waterford to look very, very good. Now, in fairness, that's much to the Dacia as well as supporters from the Shannon Siders as well. But then... They never looked like they were going to land it. That was the only punch, really, that Limerick landed on Waterford over the 60 minutes. Yeah, no, I do think Sophie's sending off might have been a big bearing. No, but I'm like even it, talking uh, before that now. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, off, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, look, at the end of the day, the score was still, I think, around 213, 214 when Sophie was sent off. So it, 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 it like there was still a sizable gap there. Um, I do feel, yeah, that Rebecca gets the goal. And that followed after Quiva Costa's fine, fine long range point effort. And the next thing Waterford hit the next one four. And again, it was a case of point that nobody shouted stop. You know, like the, 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 the like after getting to within, you know, shooting distance of, of Waterford, who had started with that phenomenal start that they had uh, in the opening 10 minutes, to all of a sudden then just feel, okay, we can pull the handbrake here now a little bit and uh, we'll try and get to half time, keeping it within manageable distance. And then all of a sudden, Waterford get a goal and a couple of points and sure, it's gone. It's done and dusted then at that stage, Sharon, you would feel because, you know, Limerick weren't going to bounce back uh, from that, having conceded, you know, what did they score? 1-8. Uh, they conceded 1-8 and then they conceded 1-4 either side of their uh, kind of scoring uh, rate. But, um, you know, the game was done and dusted at that point. So you, you'd have to question Limerick. Now, the only thing is, Darren, when you look at some of the Limerick team, quite a young group of players there. And they certain, have overachieved this year. In certain spots. As a big turnover of players, yeah. and I don't want to be taking that away from them either, but I still expect them to come out now raring to go Waterford. And I don't feel, our brief spell there around the Rebecca De Ligo, I don't feel we got that. Well, if you look at Waterford in recent time and you look at Limerick, where they were coming from, you would, you would have felt that this game could be close because, you know, Limerick, I can't imagine, went into that game fearing Waterford. Why, why would they? You know, it wasn't Cork, it wasn't Tipperary. I think, you know, Limerick would have felt that uh, they, they were very much uh, as much a as as, uh, as anybody in this but you know they just stood back off Waterford I thought and were waiting for it to happen I, I will say one thing about Limerick what impressed me was that you know there was others stood up on the day which was good to see you know that it wasn't all left to Quiva Costello to, to direct it and I think ultimately Darren going forward that's going to have to be the scenario there's somebody else is going to have to step up now Rebecca Delee you know took it on there she scored 1-2 as fine a goal as you'll see in Simple Stadium uh, as she got you know to send it back in the opposite direction to Brianna O'Regan from the angle that she was coming at great to see Rebecca back in, in, in again some form form probably we haven't seen our Rebecca since before COVID um, and, and, you know and, and that injury that she suffered back then. So I think, you know, there are positives for John Lillis and Limerick to build on. I hope John Lillis stays around because they need continuity of management. That's the whole key problem with Limerick last you know, couple of years, the change of managers every, every single year. Exactly. And they so, need John Lillis to stay like, it's their best season in three years, even yeah. though they should be doing better than they are, it still was their best season in three years. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it, look, if the players start believing in the process and what John Lillis is bringing to the scenario, well then, you know, you keep him in there and you, 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 you try and build on this year. And I think there's still, I still think there's shoots of green there for Limerick, uh, Darren. A young crew of players, there's still obviously the Kramers and the 
the Quades and the Delees and uh, you know uh, you, you're talking about the uh, the two Quivas as well uh, there who were born leaders. You would hope maybe that they can encourage one or two others, Darren, that have left the group uh, as well that still have Camogie in them and years in them. I think to come back into the Limerick setup and and, and maybe have a look at 2023 that there's an opportunity there as well. I firmly think Darren that fourth place is now back up for for mutation there among the group and for challenging. So you know, be interesting to see could Limerick be one that could come out with a pack as well. Lots of talented uh, 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 hurlers uh, within that group. They just need to get their structures behind the scenes right, Darren, and start believing in some of the process. Well, this, this has to be a bill for them now, which call and hopefully it's the case. Before we go, Killian, we have to touch on the two red cards. Uh, look, I think it was probably frustration. Sophie O'Callaghan just put the hurl out afterwards, caught, caught the head as well. And um, I think it was Clara Griffin. We haven't even mentioned Clara Griffin's bit of skill with a broken hurl. Yeah. Um, yeah. No no arguments with the first red card. I thought for Muran Creamer, look, I thought a bit of common sense refereeing didn't need two yellow cards. Second one, she was trying to go around the player, caught her, granted, give the free. But I mean, uh, I thought it was a bit, a bit harsh in her, especially with the game done and dusted. Sophie O'Callaghan, uh, no arguments. But Clara Griffin, I'll tell you that, <laughs> broken hurley or not, it wasn't stopping her. Oh no, great bit of skill and, and great to see, Darren, that it's got a bit of traction online and that it's been shared by the men of the world. thousand views, you know, I think. Yeah, um, that it, it has gone out across uh, all spectrums and it doesn't matter what uh, sex or gender or anything like that, you, that, that you are, uh, that everyone is able to recognise that piece of skill that was there by Clara Griffin. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I just think it was hard on on, on uh, Muran Kramer, all right, uh, coming so close together. I, I think there was very little in the second one, personally. There was little in both now, but technically you could argue make the point. Well, one, of them, one of them was definitely the yellow card. One, and the second yeah. one, she did catch the body. You can make an argument, but it's just a bit of common sense. Yeah, I, I, but I, I think so and she was distraught after Darren but I don't mm. think once the hurl was up around the head and she gave a right smack yeah. uh, as well I know she was probably trying to connect with the hurl at the hook but once it was in that location um, I think she knew once she she had thrown away the slap of the hurl she had her hand up straight away she knew she was after doing wrong she tried to plead her case but I don't think she could have uh, there was no cause there it was going to be a raid unfortunately Unfortunately for Sophie as well, but of course with Limerick overall, they'd be disappointed with that defeat. But what a stride! I've said before, I had them down to be the relegated team, and they proved me wrong. And well done to them. And Waterford on form on Thursday will be previewing Waterford against Cork and Galway against Kilkenny. While also looking at the intermediate and junior semi-finals. Killing just before we go, um, uh, just some dis- sad news which over the course of the week as well, and especially in Waterford, Rashawn McGrath, um, coming home from work, uh, car crash, passed away as well, and she would have been um, a great friend. Of Waterford Camogie and represented the county as well as their club. Ashley Kennedy, Bally McCarberry, loved her Gaelic games as well, uh, passing away. And of course, Mickey Murray in Armagh, father of Orla Murray, who was captain of the Armagh team that won the Premier Junior in 2020 as well. Three people lost, um, uh, definitely, de- definitely two of them, for, very, very premature. Yeah, to, uh, uh, no doubt about it. A sad, sad time for Camogie within those county, but just thinking, especially of that. Uh, uh, you know, of the cases within uh, Waterford and how, uh, you know, ultimately desperate it is a girl going about her job and what a career, you know, ultimately to be taking on a, a, a lovely pastoral career, I think. And uh, just unfortunate, yeah, that uh, her life has been taken from her. But um, sad times indeed. And look, maybe she was smiling down on the girls in, in, in Semple Stadium uh, at the weekend there. Yeah, well, our thoughts and prayers for the family and friends of all Shauna, Ashleen and Mickey or Yeshi of her animals. So may they rest in peace. So that's it for the third half. My seven Killian will be back on Thursday as we look ahead to the All-Ireland semi-finals. Hope you enjoyed our first Camogie third half of the year. We'll have another one next week, but a lot to happen in the meantime as well. With that being said, I'm Darren Kelly. This was the third half. I'd like to thank my partner in crime, <laughs> Killian Whelan. Thanks indeed, uh, Darren. Look, folks, 
great weekend let's hope for more of it and we'll talk to you on Thursday